Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Hormonal Mama Podcast. As always, I am your host, Kara Drescher, and today on the show, I have registered dietitian and nutrition coach, Christina Krug. Our conversation today is covering a lot of topics. We're covering how she became a dietitian in the first place, which is actually a really fascinating story, one that has a lot of information about food, well, that I just didn't know. And you probably didn't know either, so that's number one. Number two, and what I'm really excited about, is Christina's also sharing with me her journey through infertility, all of the things that she did, and how she ended up with four kids, including a set of twins. So you will want to stick around and enjoy this episode. See you in a minute. Christina, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. Thanks, Kara. I'm, I'm excited and happy to be here. I'm so glad because you are someone that I have been wanting to interview for quite some time. We connected in, I guess it was the spring or summer, yeah. and I've been super intrigued for a lot of reasons. One, we have twins in common. You're a twin mom. I'm a twin mom, which is something mm-hmm. awesome. Um But something that I think is super cool is your work because you are a dietitian and you're a nutrition coach. And those are two things that are very close to my heart. Um, They're not my areas of expertise. Mm -hmm. I'm not a dietitian. Um, I, you know, one of my trainings is as a health coach, but I really wanted to pick your brain a bit today and talk to you about your work, what you do. So Let's dive right in. I would really love to hear your story of what really, I I think the best way to word it is what brought you to wanting to become a dietitian and on the other side of it, being a a nutrition coach, because they're two different things that work together. So tell me a little bit about your story and and how, how this all came about and how they work together, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess this could be a long story. But, That's right. Um, I like long stories. I'm the queen of long stories. <laughs> so I guess my interest in nutrition started when I was in high school, mm-hmm. when I was like a 13 year old, 14 year old, somewhere in that age range, I was overweight, low self-esteem, no confidence, very shy, you know, um, all of that. I think we, a lot of us can resonate with that, like definitely the age of just not feeling so great in our skin. Yes. Um, and a friend and I decided that we were going to, you know, lose weight, get healthy. We're going to start running. So we started doing that. So of course, like, you know, when you're 13, you don't know really what you're doing, but you're like, all right, we're we're just going to not eat like cookies and we're going to run, you know, we started doing that and I started losing weight and I started like, I had a general sense of like, okay, vegetables, like, you know, processed food versus not, you know, that's better for you. But, you know, I started making that little shift and I started losing weight and I just, with the running and the the nutrition changes. And I started just feeling different. And I was like, Oh, wow, you can feel good. Like I didn't realize how crappy I felt until I started to feel good, but not even just physically. And like, you know, not even just losing the pounds, you know, I just felt really good in my head. Uh I had more confidence. I showed up better with, with in school and my friends and just in all aspects of life, I felt like I increased confidence and overall, just how I showed up. And that was my biggest change for like, oh, wow, this, this is really tied to uh, your, your food, like your lifestyle and the habits that you have. 
So I just couldn't get enough of that, you know? So I kind of wanted like everyone to know, like you can feel really good. Like the food you eat matters. It makes a difference. Oh, yeah. So it, that's when I first really got started to get excited about it. Um, another thing that also really got me excited about nutrition was my brother, my little brother, he has like, um, ADHD. So like he, he couldn't, he had trouble paying attention in school. He, um, just couldn't focus on things. Um, like the board, it was difficult for him to, to read, um, very smart in, in science and math, but it was more like the language arts type of stuff. Mm. So he had, he got help from this company called brain balance. And it was a bunch of neurologists who looked at food sensitivities and the balancing of his brain and how, you know, one side maybe was stronger than the other. And um, long story short, you know, they realized there were some food sensitivities and things you need to work on. Mm -hmm. um, and as a little, little guy, he had a lot of eczema and um, food allergies then as well. Um, but they identified it a bunch, identified it. I just, <laughs> I like that um, new word, <laughs> but you know, just basically removing a lot of these foods and working on certain aspects of his lifestyle and health, even, um, I think it's binaural beats. I'm, I'm saying this incorrectly, but some, <laughs> you probably heard this before, but mm -hmm. a lot of the brain balancing techniques combined with the diet changes. Um, he was doing better in school. He felt better about his self-esteem showing up in school. So there were so many changes made there as well. So it was just another thing that I was just like, wow, it's just incredible how much what you put into your body makes a difference on how you show up and your output. Yeah, for so, sure. so, you know, over the years, blah, 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 you know, I, um, you went to college, I'm a science nerd. I studied biology with my undergrad. Um, nice. so, um, but my love for nutrition was always there. Now I had my own personal, you know, um, ups and downs with nutrition. Let's mm -hmm. say there was a time where I was overly striving for perfect and I definitely got too thin at some point yeah. as well. So, you know, that was a hurdle in my life. Um, so this is related to the fertility story, which we'll get to, mm -hmm. but, you know, um, in college, of course, you know, freshman 15, I gained some weight again, I knew how to get it off. So, you know, striving for perfection and all that, <laughs> my, my diet became very, very healthy yeah. and I, I lost weight, you know, I, I felt good, but I got a little bit too thin at some point as well. And that's when my period stopped. So we'll get to that part. Oh, as well. um, okay. But, um, over the years, my relationship with food changed and, you know, health changed and finding that balance changed. So, you know, that took years of um, work for myself in terms of that, but my love for nutrition and how it affects the body and the science of the body, um, is something that I just continued to love. I couldn't get enough of just reading about it. So, yeah. um, that's what I love to educate people on is how they can feel the best. They don't have to have diseases. They can control, you know, their state of health. Um, it's in your power. And um, yeah, that's just why I became a dietitian overall. And just to help other people, you know, not have the problems that I went through in terms of, of self-esteem and striving for perfect, which I mm -hmm. don't encourage at all, <laughs> finding that balance because it's hard to, there's so much, you know, marketing at us, this and that, and you have to look a certain way and, you know, having self-love for yourself and, and finding what works for you and, um, you know, honoring your body and, and not going for perfect or black and white, but you know, just finding that balance with everything. I love it. You've said so many things that are just so resonating with me. I like that you said honoring your body Yeah, because it's true. And something that you said, I wrote it down real quick because I was like, yes, I think <laughs> what you said was I didn't realize how crappy I felt until I felt good. Yeah. 
And that's so powerful. I, you know, I was just having a conversation yesterday with one of my really close friends about really changing our relationship with food, right? And realizing that it's not about how we look, it's about how we feel, about how our bodies feel. And you're so right about what you put into your body and how it changes how you feel. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm one of these people. I, 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 I'm always a big fan of balance, right? Like we were just yeah. talking about, I, that's what I preach in my coaching program. You know, it's all about balance yeah. when it comes to food. I'm one of these people. I love health food, right? Like I, and I enjoy it. I like awesome. that. Like a meat, I have yogurt bowl for breakfast and I've got my granola and all the stuff I've got my salad or noodle bowl or grain bowl or Buddha bowl or whatever for mm-hmm. lunch. And it's always chock full of seaweed. And love I've it. got all kinds it. of healthy stuff. Cause I <laughs> love the health food. Yeah. But equally I love comfort food. Yeah. Give me the Mac and cheese. Yes. Yeah. I want a big plate of mashed potatoes with gravy. Do I want biscuits and chocolate gravy? I sure do. That sounds mm-hmm. weird. That's a conversation for another day. <laughs> But I, I oh my God. <laughs> let me tell you just a side note here, biscuits and chocolate gravy as unhealthy as it is. One of the most delicious things I've ever wow. had in my life. Chocolate gravy well. is not like regular gravy with chocolate in it. It's basically <laughs> like pudding. <laughs> okay. That's what but, I imagine. <laughs> I know people are like, uh, what? It's a family recipe from my husband's family and it's amazing, so but funny. it's, it's so true though, because I used to be a person who only ate comfort food. Yeah. And then I used to be a person who only ate health food. And neither of those made me feel good. You know what I mean? In different ways. So, uh, you know, all of that is to say that I resonate so much with what you're talking about. It's about how you feel and putting the right things into your body and the right balance. It just changes everything. So I think that's awesome. And whenever I work with clients, it's funny. Usually when I start with clients, there's a big motivation is like this number on the scale, right? Mm -hmm. And there is a point on everyone's journey when it clicks and they don't, and the motivation to choose healthy and to choose well is not so much about the scale going down. It's that they don't like the way they feel when they, when they go the opposite way, mm-hmm. you know, when they have this food, it's like, Oh, now I don't, I don't feel so good. I woke yes. up, I, I work with clear-minded. I had no energy. And it, it's not so much about the scale anymore. It's just, but I just want to feel good, yes. you know, and, and it happens for everybody. That's so uh, that's, that's the best part. When I, I love that. it. And, yeah. and, and it is, it's such, and speaking as from, as, too many words in my head at once speaking (laughs) from the perspective of someone who has been there, like you're saying, and made that shift from, okay, like I'll give you a great example. You know, after I had my kids, you know, we know we've talked about this before. We're both twin moms and that's my only experience. I've only ever had twins. They're my only kids. I've never had a singleton pregnancy, (laughs) but with my kids, I, I gained a good, what, 50, 60 pounds, something like that. And I wasn't worried about it. Yeah. Until about a year after they were born. And I was still 20 pounds over my pre-pregnancy weight. Yeah. And I started doing P90 and I was like, I'm going to lose all this weight. I didn't lose any weight at all. Literally not one pound, not half a pound, not a quarter of a pound, nothing. And the change happened many months after I gave that up and I started not worrying about it not worrying about the scale. You know, I'd still weigh myself every so often just to see out of curiosity, but not like obsessively. And all of a sudden weight started coming off. And I was like, what's going on here? I'm not 
working out, but I started thinking and looking at what I was doing and how I was living each day and what I was eating. And I realized, you know, I'm eating better. Yeah. Yes. I'm still eating crap. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I'm going to be the first to tell you I eat plenty of crap, but I was changing what I was having for breakfast every day. Yeah. I was changing what I was eating for lunch and I wasn't obsessing about it. And it was something I realized, like, I actually feel good. Yes. I I have a little belly and it's always going to be there and I'm not angry about it anymore. I love it. It's part of me, you know, and it just, it's just all about that how you feel. And it's funny to me again, that we're talking about this because I was just, like I said, just having this conversation yesterday, I think, and today with my friend about how I feel, not how I look, not what the number on the scale says. And that's, that's a struggle, but man, when you get there, it's a journey. Yeah. But it, yeah. When you find that place, it's important. And it's so funny. I've seen a lot of people, you know, get to this place where it's like, you know, this last five pounds or, you know, whatever weight you're striving for and putting so much pressure on this number. And I've seen people finally, you know, sometimes I have to convince people just to kind of like accept where you are, just accept Mm -hmm. where you are. Don't put so much pressure on yourself, you know? And so I, I've seen pounds come off just when people start to have a shift in, in in sort of just like loving themselves Mm -hmm. and loving their body and honoring themselves and doing more inner work and just kind of like relaxing a bit. And I think with that, you know, just loving your body, you do sort of naturally feed it properly versus putting this pressure that you have to strive for this and do that. You know, um, I've seen weight loss happen, just making that mindset shift a little bit. Oh, mindset. I know that I didn't like give you this question here, but I just want to talk about this for a second because this is an area you and I feel like bond over mindset is so important. It It changes everything and you don't realize it. It is so, it's one of those huge changes that is very subtle. You know what I yeah, mean? Cause absolutely. it's such a major shift when you can focus on your mindset, Yeah. but you don't, it, it doesn't, it seems so like, this is not, a, it's, oh, how can I word it? It's subtle, yeah. but I it's huge. That. Yeah, absolutely. It's a subtle thing that creeps up until one day you realize how you reacted to something was so different than you would have reacted five months ago. Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of how it is. Like, oh, wow. I guess I'm, I'm growing up, but like, <laughs> exactly what it's like, oh my God, listen, yeah. cause I want to talk about, um, infertility in a second. And I want to sort of mention something that I think about a lot. That's really weird now looking back, um, about mindset. I hadn't, when I was going through my own infertility journey, I never really thought about mindset. It wasn't something that was like really anything I even like understood, and I put yeah. that in quotes because I, I heard mindset. I was like, what does that even mean? Yeah. But what's funny is about mm, a few weeks, maybe a month or so before I found out I was pregnant, finally, I started making this shift that I didn't realize was a mindset shift at the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. I did a lot of like subtle things to work on changing how I felt, not realizing I was changing my mindset. I cut my hair and like, that might not seem like a big deal, but you've seen my, my hair. I have a lot of hair, very, very lot of really curly hair. And it's been a source of love and hate my entire life. That's a story for another day, but (laughs) I, I cut my hair. It wasn't like a huge haircut, but for me, any haircut's huge. And this was more than usual. I'm, I'm, doing scissors with my fingers for (laughs) listeners who aren't watching, who are just listening. Um, and I trimmed enough 
that it completely changed how I felt when I looked in the mirror. And I was mm. like, hmm, I feel a little different. I felt lighter. And it started with that haircut. Yeah. And the whole mindset thing started changing. That was like my first, I mean, I don't know how to explain it because it doesn't seem like a mindset shift, but for me, it was. It was yeah. letting go of. Yeah, a little bit of identity shift. Or- yeah, that's exactly right. My hair, just to give you an example, my hair used to be, what, two and a half feet long. And that was curly. When you pull it straight, yeah. it's like four feet long, right? Wow. It was ridiculously long. And it was, I couldn't let go of it because there was a lot behind it. Yeah. I don't know how else to word that without going into, you know, five weeks <laughs> worth of a story here. Um, but that... I was able to sort of look in the mirror and be like, okay, well, my hair doesn't have to define me. And that started like shifting this infertility doesn't have to define me kind of perspective yeah. also. Yeah. And I didn't realize that That's until so maybe this past year that I really started yeah. understanding mindset and really focusing on it and realizing, gosh, those little changes yeah. can yeah. trigger mindset shifts, you know? Yeah. And Anyway, that's just an interesting perspective since we're talking about mindset, but I want to talk to you a little bit about your infertility story, because I know there's a story there and I know um, that you want to share it because, you know, like me, I, I love sharing my story because I find, even though my story had an ending that was unexpected, some of it was very sad and some of it was very wonderful. I think it's important for me, it's cathartic for me to share my story, but I feel like it helps others too. So it's always really exciting. You know, I I never want to push anyone to share their story because I think it's very personal and it's not right for everybody to share. Not everybody wants to, and I I wouldn't expect everybody to, but I know you wanted to share. So um, tell me a little bit about your journey through the wonderful world. I'm rolling my eyes when I say that of infertility because nothing about it is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that when I was struggling, I, it helped me a lot to hear other people's stories. Mm-hmm. And me I too. know everyone's story is different. Everyone's bodies are different. Every reason for infertility is different, but it really helped hear other people's journey. Yes. Um, totally. And it's crazy because I remember being younger and hearing that, like, I don't know why I remember this memory. I don't know how old I was just hearing how like somebody, oh, they couldn't get pregnant. And I was like, oh, that's a thing. Like you can't have a baby. I was like, like, oh, that will never be me. That's like only like the rare people. I was like, oh my gosh. So when it did happen to me, I was like, how, like, why, Mm -hmm. you know, you go through all of that. So anyway, so this really started for me when I, when I was, so going back to the teenage years as a runner, my cycle was always irregular, Mm -hmm. always. And I just chalked it up to runners have irregular cycles. Athletes have irregular cycles. That's just the way it is. (laughs) Um, So when I, in college, had lost too much weight, my cycle also went away. Mm. And it was, I didn't go into the doctor until I I didn't think it was unusual because I was always irregular until it was about a year later. And I was like, all right, let me go to the doctor and see what's going on. I was 18. Mm. And, you know, you get those fun ultrasounds and the oh, tube right up, you know, <laughs> we all love those. Well, those are fun. And that's oh. my first experience with that one, but you know, oh, we get no. very used to it over time. Yeah. You um, do. <laughs> and yeah, so I have polycystic ovaries. So I have so many cysts mm. all over my ovaries, you know, but I was atypical because I wasn't, you know, necessarily overweight, you know, that's the classic, you know, signs uh, with insulin resistance and that sort of deal. Um, 
but what do they do? They just prescribe birth control. So, you know, which, you know, looking back, I'm so frustrated because the view of, okay, let's just put a bandaid on it instead Mm of why do you have no cycle? You know, as an 18 year old kid, you know, I'm not thinking that way. I'm thinking, okay, you tell me this, I will do this, you know? Um, And I told my my primary doctor too. And he asked like, did you lose some weight? And I was like, yeah, you know, I didn't look too thin. Like I didn't look like I was like needing to gain weight. I just know that I had a lot of muscle on me and Mm -hmm. for my body, it was probably too thin. It was too thin for me. So I'm so, I just want to, pause and tell you how great it is that you just said too thin for you, because that is yeah. so important that people don't yeah. realize our bodies are all different. Sorry to interrupt. I just no, you're absolutely you correct. That. So I didn't look like, Oh my gosh, she's so she's too thin. Like I just looked like kind of like an athlete, but I, for my body, it was, it was too, it was too much. Like I needed mm-hmm. some more body fat basically. Yeah. So he even asked me this question, like, did you lose weight? And I said, yes. And he's like, well, how'd you lose weight? You know, I was like, just like changing my diet, exercise, you know, like trying to do healthy things. He's like, okay, that was it. I wish mm. going back that someone had said to me, well, if you just gain like five pounds, you probably get your cycle back. Right. You know, if you just, you know, gain a little bit more back, you probably, so like looking back, I'm so frustrated with that because who knows what ha- would have changed my trajectory if that was just the, if somebody helped me. Exactly. So anyway, um, went on the, pier- went on the pill so I could have a normal cycle, which isn't mm-hmm. actually a cycle at all. Exactly. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh. So again, oh, band-aid after band-aid, you yeah. know, you know, the first one messed me up all hormonal, blah, 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 you know, gained like 20 pounds. Mm. Next one, I was like, I need another one. Cause I can't even like not cry every day. You know? right. So like, <laughs> know that 18, yeah, 18 to 25, I was on the pill. So when my husband and I got engaged, we were going to get married. I was like, okay, I'm going to go off the pill because I want to have kids sooner than later. Mm-hmm. And because of my issues earlier, I don't know how long that's going to take. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. So like, I was like, all right, so let me go off the pill now. So I gave myself a year cycle didn't come back. And I was like, all right, I need help. So this journey began at 26. I did not have, get my son, get pregnant with my son until I was 28. Mm. So it was almost two years. That was um, a long uh, time. Yeah. And I was like, I am not giving up. I am going to have a baby. I'm going to be a mom no matter what, even if I didn't get pregnant, I was like, I'm going to be a mom. So we're just going to start this road now. And it was a hard, hard two years, but you know, I, I was, I went through a lot of it was Clomid. Um, oh, Clomid. Yeah. So it was either so many issues, either my lining was too thin or I made like 11 eggs. Uh, it was like cycle after cycle, or I just didn't ovulate one month. It was like every month was like, this is wrong. This is wrong. So many things. So yeah, I was unexplained, you know, what, what was the diagnosis, you know, um, unexplained infertility, mm-hmm. but that wasn't classic PCOS, although I kept having the cysts. Um, so that was me. So eventually we went through all the Clomid, every single Clomid cycle you can go through up to 150 milligrams, mm. you know, all that stuff. We all know like this dose and that dose. Um, and then um, finally he was like, um, it was like the last cycle before we would go to IVF. and. He, he, um, we did injections and I had like 12 eggs growing or follicles, we were called. Oh and we goodness. just had to time it so that like only like three maximum were mature. So, like we're going to trigger here. We're taking oh. a shot, but we're just going to do it. Like, oh, those right. trigger shots. Oh, yeah. I forgot so, about those. So fun. Mm. And then, <laughs> so yeah, so a blessing. I got pregnant with my son, my first son. So of course you're nervous the first, how many months of pregnancy, mm. you know, 
about everything when you go through infertility, but you know, I have my happy, healthy boy. And then, um, so a year when he's like a year and a half, I said, okay, who knows how long this road's going to be. Let's start the next go. Uh So same, same deal started with Clomid. Um, so second month I get pregnant. Um, unexpected. Didn't think it would be that easy this time. Right. Um, six weeks, we hear a heartbeat eight weeks. We don't. Mm. So yeah, I had a miscarriage at eight weeks. It was so hard, so yeah, rough. Definitely. And like that, me and my husband, that was, that hit us really hard. Absolutely. And you know, we, um, yeah, that was really rough. I know it was only eight weeks and you know, some people Doesn't think, matter. you know, like it wasn't that far along, you know, you don't really understand it unless you're in it. It doesn't matter. And it's kind of, not that it makes it any worse, but I, I had a heartbeat mm-hmm. and I had a recording of it and this was my little baby. And then eight weeks, nothing. So it's that was heartbreaking. That was so hard to go through. Um, yeah. So that was, that was, the, that was a really tough time. Um, so we went through that and not long after that, I was like, we're doing it again. We're going to go back. Um, you know, I had this dream family that I wanted to create and we weren't going to give up on it. And so, um, again, it was Clovid, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a couple months later, I don't remember. I think it was like four or five cycles after that. Um, I had two eggs and they both stuck. So <laughs> I go in one day and, Amazing. you know, there we go with two little twins. So, um, then I had my girls, um, <laughs> which was insane having twins. So now <laughs> it's you know. insane. It sure is. Yeah. And, um, you know, um, and each time just as a side, each time, like between having a baby and then no cycle. So no mm. cycle. Oh my That's God. Insane. That's the reason like why I kept going back. Cause I, I wouldn't have a cycle. So right. I didn't know what to do. You know, it's like, I can't, I can't get pregnant if I don't have a cycle, what's going right. on. So and exactly. then every time I go in, there's no answer. There's nothing with that. So, um, so frustrating. and then, so I had my girls and, um, I forget how old they were when we decided to have our last little guy, but you know, again, it's just the thought of like, how long will this take? Yeah. Let's get it going now. And then I'm very thankful that he only took three tries oh, and, that's great. and we did letters all that time. Oh, uh, so you know, just throwing out everything all the time. Yeah. So. Hey, I, I get it. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's interesting. I can relate to so much of your story yeah. and it's also very different. You know, I, I have two, you have four, that's, yeah. you know, a big difference, but, and the twins, you know, the miscarriage, I can relate to that. My twins had yeah. a triplet sibling mm-hmm. that we lost at nine weeks. I know that yeah. feeling of yeah. seeing that heartbeat. And then all of a sudden yeah. no heartbeat. Yeah. You know, I, I went through IVF and my IVF failed. We had an embryo. We had an embryo mm-hmm. in my uterus and that yeah. little baby never had a heartbeat, but it was still our yeah. baby, you know? And yeah. I'm just really glad that you said what you said, because until you experience it yourself, you don't really understand that pain. Yeah. That's what it is. It's painful. Miscarriage so is something that I don't think don't anybody, no, exactly. Yeah. People talk about it more than they used to, but it's still not enough. No. It's just like infertility. Like, yeah, People don't talk yeah. about it enough. It's like taboo don't. or like, you don't want to make them feel bad, but like the person needs to talk about it, especially with people who've gone through it because they get it. So, you know, I, I had a friend recently who went through a miscarriage and, um, you know, I felt really good that I could be there for her because I remember not having anybody to talk to about it. I knew mm-hmm. nobody who had one or at least right. shared with me that they did. And I felt like, you know, I just wanted, I just kept asking how she's doing and like totally just let her 
I'm like, you just, you just be sad because I know that's, that's just what you need to feel right now. You'll, you'll get better in time and time will heal, but you can still be sad forever. It's, and yes. you know, yeah, I got to write that down. Cause you're right. You can yeah. still be sad forever, you know, and oh, I'm just so glad these things that you're saying are so, I can't think of the right word. They're so right. Yeah. Cause that's something I think about, you know, I think about, we, we call our little IVF embryo was Nemo and our little baby that we lost with our twins was Evie. Uh, Evie was because we lost him or her on Christmas Eve, of course, of all days to find out that you lost your baby. But, um, you know, I think about those two all the time and I'm always, you know, I, I, I'm sad because I'll never get to meet them. I will never know. Were they boys? Were they girls? What yeah. will they grow up to be? Will they have kids someday? Will they, will they struggle? Will they be president someday? Like, I don't know. And it's not something that I obsess about anymore. Yeah. But that doesn't mean everybody would have that same experience. And I just so agree with you that they, I think it's so important. It sounds weird to feel your emotions and not yeah. push them yeah. away. Don't yeah. let anyone, because I know a lot of people try to say, you just need to move on and you'll feel better or don't be sad. It's okay. Or, you know, things like I heard a lot of people would say things yeah. to me like, well, but you know, they were still just an embryo. They weren't yeah. a baby yet. And I'm yeah. like, you want me to punch you in the face? I'll yeah. do it. Or <laughs> that, like, like, for example, this friend of mine, she had a daughter. So like, oh, well, you still have like your other one. Like it doesn't, it's not the mm-hmm. same. It's separate. It's exactly. separate completely. And like, you right. know, I had my girls after that, you know, and I love them and I'm, I'm beyond grateful, but I'm still sad about the other one. Right. Like it's, they're separate. not a replacement. They're not, it's not the same. No, it's not the same. It's just totally separate. Yes. You know, it's yes. separate. Thing, so. You're absolutely right. And that's just such an important thing. I think for people, I know we're totally off topic here, which is fine yeah. with me. I don't mind, yeah. but I just have to say that I think that is just something so incredibly important to remember is that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when it happens or how it happens. It happened. Mm-hmm. And this was your baby. And, you know, mourning that baby in whatever way you need to, or want to for however long or not long for some people, they need to bounce back right away. And and that's how they deal. And that's fine. And for others, it takes years and years or never. And that's fine too. And gosh, such a topic that is so close to my heart. I've just known too many women who've gone through it and not been able to properly I want to say experience their emotions because they felt like they needed to let go, if yeah. you will. It's yeah. the only word I can think of. And that's just so not right. But no, I, know, I know what you mean. To move, oh, move it's so upsetting. Moving forward. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I have to say that my infertility journey, as hard as it was in some instances, um, was really healing for me. So like my nutrition piece is like I did so much nu- nutrition research during mm-hmm. this whole thing. And it really helped heal me as well in terms of just focusing on nourishment. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what it is at the end of the day, we have to nourish our bodies and support our bodies. And, um, you know, the greatest sign, I mean, again, there's different reasons for infertility, but for me, it was, you know, a sign of good health is fertility. And it, and this is not, again, there's different reasons for infertility, but it's just usually a good sign of health is, is being fertile. Mm -hmm. And for me, it, it made you feel like, well, it's just, this is my, this is my field. Like I have to be healthy. Like what's, mm-hmm. 
what's wrong with me? You know, that whole kind of trying to heal yourself. Oh my gosh. How many times did I ask myself that question? What's wrong with me? Why is my body not doing something right? I'm not Mm -hmm. unhealthy. I mean, I get it. I totally do. I I just, I just Mm -hmm. think your story is so great, especially, you know, what you were just talking about with nourishing your body and, you know, it's such just the word nourish is an important word for me. You know, I talk about nourishing your body, nourishing your skin, you know, again, you know, my background is as a massage therapist and an esthetician. That's what I've done for 20 years. And I always talk about nourish your skin and nourishing your skin. Isn't just about what you're putting on your skin. It's about what you're putting in your body, right? Because your skin is not just on the outside of your body. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is like a, just a side note with that. Your skin is a, um, it's, how am I going to word this? (laughs) Thank you. So basically, we're basically donuts. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Your skin is going to keep going all the way down into your gut. So like your skin, and your gut are one mm-hmm. and it, it seems like it's outside and inside, but no, you take a, you just take something and you keep tracing in your mouth down. Your, it's all connected. It's all connected. That, so, oh, I'm so glad you just said that. Your gut health is really the outside of your body, your gut. So, you know, you, what you feed your gut is so important for your overall health you know, but also your skin and, and all of it. So the gut health is key just for your overall health. And we, we're hearing more about that. And, you know, as we, everybody's hearing more about that. I but it's am so excited that you're, I'm getting, I'm, I'm so excited. I feel like I'm going to explode. I'm so happy <laughs> because gut health is such an important topic. I've been talking with more and more women about this because it's such an important part of our health. And yeah. our bodies just functioning properly. I mean, yeah. just, I, I use myself as an example. I've, I've dealt with IBS since I was, well, forever really, but I was diagnosed when I was 19 oh. and I, for years was just like, well, that sucks. Yeah. So I'll just take, you know, medication and, and I'm yeah. like, I need medication so I can poop. Are yeah. you kidding me? I need medication so that I'm not right. in pain all the time. Yeah. It's like, not a bandaid. It's another bandaid. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I hate bandaids. Yeah. You're so right. And it's just so funny thinking about it now. Like, I mean, here I am in my forties and I'm finally at a point in my life where I'm like, I need to actually like focus on everything. Gut yeah. health affects it all. Yeah. I know for myself, if I don't like, I, I, I'm a huge person. I'm a huge person. That's not what I meant to say. I'm a huge <laughs> proponent. Thank you. That's what I meant to say of sleep health. Yeah, I never, I never get enough sleep anymore because of my kids and I'm doing a million different things, but right. It'll happen. <laughs> I will sleep again. Okay. But the thing that I always notice is when I don't get, like, I need a lot of sleep. I'm one of those people, a good 10 hours of sleep is like, that's my happy yeah. spot. More than that yeah. is too much less than that. And I'm like, where am I? <laughs> but, um, what I notice is when I don't get enough sleep, my IBS is significantly worse. Absolutely. I have severe abdominal pain. Yeah. I can't poop for like three days, you know, like, and, and that's just one component. That's just sleep. Just, even though sleep yeah. is like the most important thing you can do for your body aside from it's eating, yep. but yeah. it, it's just, I'm just excited that you're talking about that and how you're talking about it. it's all connected, you know, something Ooh. like, you know, in massage school. And and one of the things that I learned so much about over the years as a massage therapist is fascia, right? How fascia covers every single part of your body. And it's basically like skin on the inside of your body. I mean, and it's all connected. Just like you said, you trace from here. It's not like, Oh, 
skin stops here and we're yeah, good to no. go. No, your skin goes over oh, your lips and it's inside of your mouth and it's all yeah. in your tongue. It's just different types of cells that are still yeah. covering, if you will, everything. Yeah. It's just oh, such an important component. Gut it health. Humongous. It's humongous. It is. It's all of it. Yeah. It's so important. So, so important. Okay. So I'm telling you, I could get, I could talk about that forever. I'm not going to go. I don't want to bore you or Sorry, I talk about food, nutrition, all of it for all day long. I mean, it's such an important thing that yeah. people don't talk about. And, and I do want to thank you for sharing your fertility journey because I really, I think it's so helpful to hear different stories. You know, yeah. there's so many of us who experience infertility. There's so many causes of infertility you know, like I, I dealt with unexplained infertility. No one could ever tell me this is why you can't get pregnant. It was always your eggs look good. Your egg quality is good. Yeah. This is good. This is good. Yeah. Everything looks good. And I'm yeah. like, okay. Same. Same. Right. And you're like, I, I, one time the doctor told me you're the most fertile, infertile patient we have. I was like, <laughs> what is thank that you. <laughs> I can make a lot of eggs. Like I respond really well. It's like, thank you. Then why? (laughs) What is the problem? Why don't you? And and it's funny because I'm the exact opposite. And that makes me laugh because my body did not respond well to anything. I did a total of five cycles of just of Clomid, five cycles of Letrozole. I did of those five Clomid cycles, four of them were IUIs of the five Letrozole cycles. Four of them were IUIs. Oh, yeah, we did IUIs for like every, yeah. yeah. Right. You're and like, oh, IUI, here we go. I'm an expert. And you're like, do I really have to be an expert on IUIs? They're not fun. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's crazy how they're not. an expert on all of this at the end of it. <laughs> right. And you're like, oh, I should be a doctor. I could do this myself. I mean, it's absurd. And every yeah. <laughs> single cycle, I would be like lucky if I got one egg. And, and they were like, I don't know why you're, you know, we're giving you these high doses, blah, blah. IVF, it was the same issue. I couldn't, I think I, I think I had 10 eggs. Seven of them were mature. No, I'm lying. I'm making that up. Seven eggs, three were mature and only one fertilized. And it fertilized with ICSI, which is when they inject the sperm into the egg. Only one fertilized and that one didn't make it. And my doctor who was amazing and I love her. I remember her being like, this was very unexpected. (laughs) She did not expect those results. And what it took for me to finally get pregnant was Clomid and Letrozole together. Wow. Interesting. Timed very, very specifically. Cause the first time we did that, we did two cycles of that. The first one we did an IUI, nothing happened. But the second time we couldn't even do an IUI. I responded so well. I ovulated early and I ovulated three eggs and all three fertilized. And wow. even then, this was a different um, specialist. She was like, well, this is an, an also unexpected. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> Could someone tell me why my body's insane? Right? Because <laughs> I was like, what? None yeah. of it's ever working. And then all of a sudden I have three babies in my belly. That's so uh, funny. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Hers, completely. Yeah. Well, I, guess I mean, <laughs> it's just so crazy. I mean, there was some talk that maybe I had slash have endometriosis, Okay, yeah. but she didn't want to do the, the surgery to look in. Cause she didn't want to have to cut into me and all that. And I get it. Yeah. It would be nice to know if that's what is going yeah. on, but Definitely. you know, who knows, but it, it's yeah. just, 
infertility, man, that's a topic I could talk about forever. I agree. But yeah. on the one hand, I always want to say, you know, I wouldn't wish infertility on anyone. And I wouldn't, I really wouldn't because it's a yeah. horrible journey. It's, it's stressful. It's so, yeah. And, and, you know, it's stressful. Isn't even the right word. You know, that just doesn't hit the nail on the head it, at all. It consumes your, like, it consumes you. And it's like, you constantly yes. think about it. You can't stop thinking about it. You have to like, I don't know, at least me, I was researching everything. I wanted to know everything about everything, about yes. everything. So you said fun. something months ago when we first met, I want to say it was because we, we met during a, a coaching program together where we were both students, if you will. And <laughs> I remember early on when I first started talking about infertility and I think we were on a zoom call and I think in the chat, you were like, yes, I totally understand. And I was like, somebody gets me. This is amazing. (laughs) And you said something, I don't know if it was in that chat or sometime later, but the way you worded it has really stuck with me. And she said, she, what she said was, (laughs) no, I'm not narrating here. I'm talking to you. Um, you said something along the lines of you become obsessed with it. Yeah. And I was like, yes. And I thought for the longest time that it was just me that I was like, I'm crazy because I'm obsessing and blah, blah, blah. but the truth is that's exactly what happens. You yeah. become obsessed. It takes over your life. It's consuming. You yeah. cannot think about anything else. Yeah. And until you go through that yourself, I feel like this is so hard to understand. I didn't understand it before yeah. I went through infertility. I, 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 you know, I hate even admitting this, but I definitely, was the person who had the attitude of, um, okay, I guess it's not meant to be if they can't get pregnant. And I hate that now. Like I want to smack myself for even thinking that I say things like that. And I'm not a violent person. I don't know why I say that. (laughs) I I know I say these violent things and I'm like, "Hmm." never do that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not. Um, but that's, I mean, that's exactly what happens. It's Mm -hmm. just, anyway, Moving right along. Here I am. See, I told you, I told you before I go off on my tangents. Can't help myself. It's how I communicate. Um, I we're at the point where I like to ask you some fun questions. Um, these are my standard fun, getting to know you kind of questions. And there are two and you can answer them in any order that you want. I like to give them at the same time. Um, they're similar, but different. So the first one is who are the three most influential or inspirational people in your life? Now that doesn't mean these are people that, you know, they don't have to be, you know, it can be people that have inspired you, whatever. So when mm-hmm. I say in your life, I mean, in your life, who are, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't have to go into you. more detail. I, don't, I, like, go, I weigh <laughs> over detail. Things. And then the other question, which is really fun is you were going to have, and I always give dinner party as an example, but it doesn't have to be a dinner party. Not everybody likes dinner parties. Take a walk on the beach, whatever, any That's type fine. of yeah. gathering or soiree or whatever with three, I'm going to say beings, um, dead or alive, fictional or real. They could be related to you. They don't have to be, they don't have to be people. That's, you know, the, the one important part of it is they don't have to be people. They don't have to be humans. Mm -hmm. They can be imaginary. They can be, I use Muppets as an example, a lot of the time, just because I love Muppets. (laughs) Um, So yeah, those are your two questions. And each one is who are those three and why? Yeah. And my, I'd say we're for the um, three most influential people. Number one would have to be my father. Mm. Um, So my father was born in Cuba. 
and he came here when he was 13, wow. didn't speak any English. Um, and he has the strongest work ethic you can imagine. And that is something that's always stuck with me for my life and for all of my siblings. I'm one of five. Um, Big family. And when he came here, so he was from a family that was, I want to say they were well educated. You know, his, his mom was a, my grandmother, she was a professor and his father was a lawyer. So they were very much about, um, I don't know, I want to say like uh, getting educated and, and doing the, and doing work. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he came to America, um, he felt passionate that in order for him to succeed, he had to be educated. He had to work hard and, um, that's how you succeed. So that was pushed onto him. And that's just how he lived his life. And he did. So he learned English. He worked really hard. He went to college, became an engineer to provide for his family. At some point he had three jobs to provide for us. And, you know, that's just what he just, it's one of those things in throughout growing up, you know, it was working hard was not a question. You were expected to work hard. And it wasn't like, um, what was, it wasn't, pushed on us in any way it was I don't know even know how they did it it was just like kind of naturally you just expected to work hard mm-hmm. because they modeled it so much it was that just, just people did you didn't give up you just kept working and you did what you you did what you had to do you figured it out you learned ways to be resourceful and you just made things happen you know you Amazing. learned and you adapted and and that's what it was so that's kind of how we grew up thinking that you know um you know through hard work you can kind of accomplish anything so that's just he's always inspired me in that way um, to be determined and not give up in in a lot of things that I want in my life um so another um individual um is I don't know if you know who Mark Hyman is the doc he's a uh that sounds familiar yeah he's a functional medicine doctor um he is part of the I don't even know how to what to call it the the Cleveland Clinic Functional Medicine Department. He's a board member there. Um, he's part of the Institute for Functional Medicine. He has an ultra wellness center. Um, he's written a ton of books. Um, but anyway, one of an earlier book that he's wrote was very inspirational for me in just connecting so many foods to so many like ailments and revealing things. Again, it was a book about ADHD and ADD mm. and a lot of um, uh, autism and things like that, but just how food can and changes in the diet and food sensitivities can be so uh, related to that so anyway that was the first book that opened that world up to me um even more so so he was very inspirational to that but he has a wonderful podcast as well um i follow up his work and i think he's great um another one is i don't know if you know wellness mama that sounds familiar i don't know so i I followed her for a long time. She is a mom of six and she just inspired me because she's mom of six she's an entrepreneur she has her own blog podcast um she has now she has like a wellness brand that she's creating for non-toxic products. She has so many oh, nice. a great website with like um, health, clean living and not and how to make your own deodorant and sunscreen and things like that. But she also homeschools her kids and she's just like just so inspirational, you know, into in terms of how she lives her life and um, just being an entrepreneur as a mom. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, those are the three I would say That's awesome. very inspirational to me. I love, um, I love asking that question. That's just something yeah. I find fascinating. That is cool. Um, and then in terms of a dinner party, well, I'm going to say, let's have a sit down coffee or tea with these I people. I like it. I like it. <laughs> um, that's more my jam. Um, so coffee for say, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, I would say my, my father's father, so my grandfather, we called him Bio, um, because when my, my 
oldest brother tried to call him abuelo, which is Spanish for grandfather, he would just say Bio. So we just called him Bio. That's so cute. Yeah, so Bio, I would love to um, get to know him more than I did because he, he died when I was like maybe 10. Mm. Um, and he only, sp- he was really, he just knew Spanish, but he, he had this energy and he loved us so much. And he just was, a, you could just feel his, his positive energy. And I loved being at his house and just being with him, even though I didn't understand half of what he was saying. <laughs> he was yeah. just a, a wonderful man. And I wish I got to know him more. So I would love to have a dinner party with him where we speak the same language and can just have a conversation. I love that. that. And that's, yeah, that's one I would definitely say. Um, Another one, I guess, would be myself in the future. So I would love to talk to me 90 years old. No, let's, I'm going to live to 100. So let's say 100 year old me. Um, What wisdom would she impart onto me? And, you know, I would just kind of not to, not her to tell me what's going to happen, but any kind of wisdom she can give me to help me maybe get through some tough times ahead. That's all I would say. That is the, I think that's the coolest answer I've ever heard to that question. I've heard some really cool cool ones. I love that. Yeah. Great. I mean, how cool would that be? And the wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to know what's going to happen. I want it to be suspenseful, but I want some help in the tough times. (laughs) Yes, for sure. (laughs) Totally. Um, and I guess I'm sort of cheating in this last one, but this, <laughs> it's not going to be one. It's going to be a, group. that's all right. You can have 75 people for the last one. That's fine. <laughs> um, I think I would like to sit with my kids as they are old people as well and be able to ask them, you know, it's going to make me cry, but like, I'm going to cry thinking about it, but cry, like, it's okay when I pass and they keep living, what happened to them? I want to hear the rest of their story. (laughs) Sorry, I'm getting emotional. No, please do. I I understand. Yeah. So I want to just, I want to know them their entire lives. And so I want to complete the story. So that's, that what got me thinking of, of them. That is touching. And I I, know it's okay. My eyes are burning now because I no. Listen, we talked about this before. I am the most emotional person I've ever known. So I mean, you're touching my soul right now. And that, that is so special to me because I think about that all the time. I want to know my kids for their entire lives and God, what a powerful thought. Oh my God. God, Christina, no, (laughs) don't you apologize for a thing that is so beautiful and touching and amazing and lovely. And and so many words that I can't even, I know my eyelashes are wet. You don't want to miss a beat, you know, I mean, it's true. It's exactly right. And that's, gosh, you know, I I just want to tack on to that for a second, because you remind me a lot of me with some of these things that you're saying, um, you know, back in the summer, I I did an episode where I interviewed myself. I pretended that I was a guest. It was really silly and really fun. And I asked myself all of these questions and I didn't, I I just sort of like spur the moment started thinking about them. And and one of my answers was that I would love to to have my great grandfather um, at, you know, my dinner party or whatever, because I never met him. He died when my mom was 10, but I've my entire life heard how much I'm like him, my personality, my artistic talent. He was, you know, I've always been into, I mean, you know, I I make wallets and that's, you know, one of my big things, but I've always been into clay and working with three-dimensional art. 
and that is he owned a textile factory in in germany i'm not germany austria and it's interesting because i mean it's a whole side note but you know it it, it, it's a holocaust survivor story that i'm not going to get into (laughs) but you're you know you're, you're talking about your grandfather it just made me think about that like wanting that opportunity to just sit down and, and talk with him, you know, the, 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 the part that is so similar to me is speaking the same language, you know, being able to have that connection where you can really talk and that's just beautiful. And your other two answers are so, I can't think of the right word. They're so, I want to say beautiful. And that's not the word I mean. They're just so touching. And, and I just love them. And I'm glad you're an emotional person. It makes me feel I'm really very, good. Very emotional. Good. <laughs> Emotions are important. And I wouldn't give up the emotional aspect of my personality for anything in the whole world. Yeah. So Christina, I've got one last question for you. Sure. And it's a simple one. Where can our listeners connect with you? Where can they find you? How can they learn more about you and all of these wonderful things that you do yeah. and who you are. So I'm fairly active on Instagram. So um, my handle is uh, Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A dot K dot nutrition. Um, so yeah, try to keep up. Lots have stories of the kids and all cooking and nutrition tips on there. So that's a good place to connect. In, and uh, some awesome yeah. reels that you've been creating lately. Mm-hmm. Attempting at the reels. But, uh, <laughs> it's all an attempt. <laughs> yeah. But if anyone hears me from this, I would love to tell you to tell me where, where you, where you heard me from. So, uh, oh, good a, call. that's yeah, excellent point. That's awesome. Christina, thank you so, so, so much for being here with me today you know, for sharing your story, you know, I think you have such an incredible story. Both your infertility story is so inspiring and relatable. And your story on becoming a dietitian and a nutrition coach, you know, just, I think that's an incredible story as well. So I just want to thank you for, you know, taking the time out of your very, very busy life and, you know, sharing sharing your life with us so thank you I appreciate it well it was fun being here and I thank you Carrie for listening to my story and having conversation it's been fun to talk to another mom